Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. You can so quickly change your attitude into one of worship by being grateful and saying, Lord, I'm I'm happy with what you've given me. If I'm in an apartment with five kids and you've provided for me, and if I'm on 40 acres in a sprawling ranch home with two kids, I'm thrilled. And I want to use whatever you have given me to bring you glory and honor. You're listening to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about strengthening the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. Have you tapped into the three free ebooks I offer to my podcast listeners? You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. But the reason I ask is that there are three books I offer my listeners, one on marriage, one on parenting, and one on self-care. And you want to know what the most downloaded ebook is of those three? It's the one on self-care. That's obviously a topic that resonates with folks. Sure, we need to get outside, we need to take time for ourselves, we need to listen to podcasts, we need to care for our minds and our bodies, and that is an important part of caring for our mental and our physical health. But too often, we overlook the care of our souls, and the truth is, without soul care, there is no self-care. And that's why I decided to invite Amber L.B. Swinson to join me for a conversation about soul care. Amber is a wife, a mother, a speaker, and the author of seven books, including Soul Care, Nurturing Your Spiritual Wellness. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, Amber. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. So when um, we were interacting uh, behind the scenes, uh, I discovered that you used to go to the Hearts at Home Conference in Rochester, Minnesota. It was a huge highlight. You know how people used to run in as they as the door was open. For all of us mamas raising kids, that was a huge thing every year in Rochester. So yeah, I enjoyed many Hearts at Home Conferences. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I have such fond memories as well. And honestly, I kind of consider my podcast the Hearts at Home for today's generation of mamas. So what we're doing today is a Hearts at Home workshop on soul care. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. And you don't even have to leave your home to to listen. You know, you can put your kids down for their naps. You could go for your walk. You can be on the treadmill. You can do whatever and and hear two Christian women encouraging you in your walk, which is huge. That's that's what it 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 filled that need in all of us. 
Yeah. So where are your kids uh, age-wise now? 23, 21, 18, and 15. I had my first one get married this summer. I have one off at college. I still have two at home. So. Okay. All right. Well, you're still, you're still, especially in those teen years, you're still in the busyness of motherhood for sure. Yes, for sure. I thought, I keep thinking it's going to get easier, but Mm -mm. man, it's um, walking through the struggles of young adulthood is no, no joke. Yeah. It's not, it's not easy. It requires a lot more prayer and a lot less talking. (laughs) I've had some, (laughs) some dear, dear friends have told me, Amber, quit talking, just pray. And, you know, they're absolutely right. You know, um, I don't know if you know that I have a book for mamas in that season. It's called Empty Nest, Full Life. And it's for any woman who has, that was, that's actually my, uh, my most recent book. And one of the things I say, well, actually two of the things I say in there on that topic is pray, don't say. And the second one is, uh, you now belong to the Keep It Shut Club. (laughs) My mother-in-law says it this way. When, when we got married, she said, I'm the mother-in-law. My idea, my job is to wear beige and keep my mouth shut. And that was back in the day, right? And uh, I have always remembered her saying that. Well, my son, I have one son, I have three daughters, got married this year. And I, I just remember my mother-in-law saying, you know, you are the, the mother of the groom. Your job is to keep it shut. So <laughs> that served me very well. <laughs> yep. And it's hard. I mean, sometimes I feel like you bite your tongue so much that it's bleeding, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, but I remember those that those that age and those stages where you want to be independent. Yes. And you want to discover things on your own. And when, even when you fall, you learn. And so it is so true. I love that. Pray, don't say. That's going to stick with me. Because there you go. We really need God directing our children and letting them make the mistakes that we made along the way and learning from them and just be here with open arms when they come back to us and go from there. Yeah. Well, because we grow best in failure. And so if, if we are trying to get in the way of their failures, which we want to as mothers, right? Our tendency is then uh, we're going to actually rob them of growth and we just don't want to do that. So, yeah, no, that's right. I love that. So let's talk about this topic of soul care and Mm -hmm. why this was important to you. Why did you start digging into this? Uh, Why did you feel like it was an important enough topic to obviously write a book about it? But tell me your journey, personal journey of soul care. So. 2020, I was working as an elderly companion. So I was a private elderly companion. I was working one-on-one with clients, you know, older folks who needed some help to stay in their home. And I was let go like a lot of people because the family didn't want me to come into the house anymore. They were, you know, we were all scared at that point. So things changed. And then, you know, through 2020, I live in Minnesota. We had the George Floyd incident um, plus COVID, then 2021, you know, things were not getting better. My children were out of school for one full year in Minnesota here. And the the whole world turned to self-care. Like, how are we going to cope? Self-care, self-care exploded. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you heard things like even 
even things that now I look back and I think, how did I buy this? Like, it's okay to let your kids spend more time in front of the screen. These are strange days, you know, this is what they need to cope and blah, blah, blah. And everybody was looking for the answers in the self-care world. Like, what's going to make us feel better? What Netflix series is going to make us feel better? What thing can we buy? You know, a lot of people remodeled their homes during that time because they were spending so much time at home. So, you know, we were turning to all these things and there was still this emptiness Mm -hmm. that you couldn't escape. So if the answers weren't in the quote unquote self-care world, and I have to make a distinction right off the bat, biblical self-care is beautiful. You know, there's such a thing as stewardship, and clearly you've written a book on it. And, you know, resting, eating well, exercising, all those things are great. But so often the world points us to these temporary things. Build your kingdom here. Get your happiness here. And we find them as we buy into that. We just keep finding that that's not it, that there's no true joy and there's no true peace. So if that isn't it, then as Christians, where do we get that? And mm-hmm. that's where soul care came from. Mm. So really, this came out of the, the the pandemic and being at home and all of that. Where did you begin to make a switch in your, I mean, obviously you're thinking about it, but what were you starting to do in your own life that moved you from that self-care idea to that soul care idea? Well, just what we talked about, failing forward. I um, made a kind of terrible decision in terms of the pandemic happened. I was let go, had 18 months at home, no income coming in, and I got scared. And so I went back, I answered the call. Minnesota asked for nursing assistance because the nursing homes were in crisis. And that wasn't a whole lot different than what I had been doing as a private elderly companion. So I started working as a travel nursing assistant and I dove all in. I dove in like 40, Mm -hmm. 50 hours a week to make as much money as I could and uh, had this huge money goal that I made. And then I realized that's empty. Like mm-hmm. how it's not there. That's not. And I realized I had put my security in all the wrong things. And so as I started digging out of that at, at the end of um, it was actually at the end of last year. So in no, the end of November into December, when I was writing this book, I took three weeks off of work. It had been the first three weeks I had taken off since diving back into working like a crazy person. And I just did ministry. I recorded like 12 podcasts. I worked on this book and it was that failing forward. Like I'm not finding the the security I want in this. This isn't working for me. This isn't working for me. This isn't working for me. So what are, what are the answers? And actually a week ago, I quit my job altogether at the nursing home, just realizing that, you know, the money was really good mm-hmm. as a traveler. But I was holding on to that instead of the time with my family, the time in ministry. To me, at this point in my life, ministry is so much more important than money. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing you say is you're realizing that you had this lens of really focusing on the temporary Mm -hmm. and what you've been doing is moving your your eyesight to the eternal. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's so easy. I think, you know, because we do, we see the here and now and we do let, I, I so appreciate you talking about fear because we let fear drive us and we don't even realize how often uh, it's, it, it is something that either God has, you know, he, well, he, he has it all under control, but um, that there's a God perspective that we're missing. Yeah, very much so. One of the chapters is on worry. And I've done a podcast since 2020. And my intro was wife, mother, worrier, type A, child of God. And it really wasn't until the end of last year that I realized how much worry was affecting me everything. One of my biggest arguments with my son who just got married, the speech that I gave at his wedding was talking about how the the biggest gripe that we've had is his curfew. I said, you have to be home at midnight. He just could not do that. You know, if his friends were having a bonfire, he didn't want, now he was 21 when he got married. Like there, you know, I have a good friend who is a Dina student. She's like, Amber, kids go out to college. They don't get home at midnight because they're and they're out till the bonfire till 2 a.m. Like, you know, at some point you got to let it go. Bottom line is I wouldn't go to sleep until all my kids were home. I mm. wanted him home, not because it was best for his life, and and but because I would not fall asleep until all my children were tucked into bed. Mm-hmm. That is basing your child rearing on fear and worry, not on looking at the circumstances, not on listening to them. And through a series of conversations that we had, and it was actually my son who who changed me. He um, He's into old cars. And one time he just pulled into the driveway and said, mom, get into my car. We're going to go for a ride. And we did. And we didn't, we didn't have like this supercharged conversation or anything. We, we drove around with the windows down. We were listening to David Crowder and Christian music and singing, and he got us back to common ground. And mm-hmm kind of had me start realizing just what I said, like the way that I'm parenting is not knowing my son, knowing what he's doing. He actually took me to the, one of the places out of town. He's like, this is where we were having our bonfire. And like one of the guys had a guitar and like, we were having a lot of fun and I had to leave because it was 1145 Mm. and you know, none of my friends left. And he's like, it really affects my friendships. So why can't I stay till 1230? Because they're going to wind it down anyway. And it it was just that realization that, man, Amber, worry just is playing with you and not in a good way. Wow. You know, I once heard somebody say that worry is the worship of our circumstances. Mm. And you really see how we begin to worship the wrong things. And well, it's failing to trust, right? Yes. And I think that that's the heart of what you're saying, even in that difference between self-care and soul care. So there is that stewardship side of self-care where we're taking care of the body and the mind that God has given to us. So right. there, there, that is an important part of that. Mm-hmm. But if we're not careful, we can begin to actually worship that self-care. And what, what, what we do is worship becomes anything that we uh, put a lot of focus on. And especially when we put more focus on that than the one we should be worshiping. Right. 
you know, when you read the Bible, um, you look at the children of Israel. God provided, you know, he took them out of the land of Egypt in this miraculous way, this crazy way, right? I mean, it's just unbelievable. And then beyond that, he also, you know, had this pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, and then he provided water and he provided food. And it was like all this provision. And they finally get to the border of Canaan and they come back, the spies go out and they're like, it's an abundant land. It's great. What was their sin? They worried. We can't do it. These people are too big. We can't. So they failed to trust in the God who had showed himself to them to be um, almighty above their circumstances, to be able to handle whatever was going on. And yet they failed to recognize that and trust him. And when I go back and look at my own life, I can see how many times God has worked mm-hmm. over and over and over. Yep. So I can read my Bible and think, oh, those silly children of Israel how could they not trust God? And yet I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm just not recognizing that it is the same thing. Right. That's one of the reasons we actually keep something, we call it our God box. It's an Mm. old Coca-Cola. They used to put Coca-Cola bottles in. So it's got like 12 little compartments and it actually hangs on our wall. And we have little items in it that remind us of God's goodness. We have little items that remind us of the God stories in our life so that visually we can be reminded of that because we so easily forget. It's so true. That's beautiful. That's a great idea to have that visual reminder. Mm -hmm. So important. So I love to get really practical here on the podcast. So Amber, let's Let's actually kind of turn the corner and let's talk about some really practical things that we can do to care for our souls. So what do we need to, uh, you know, what might be a good first step uh, to start practicing soul care? Okay, so if you, this is a very common thing to do, look at Mary and Martha. I think most of us fall into this, especially as mothers and especially as women. And we do it very innocently. Martha had phenomenal uh, goals and intentions. She opened her home to Jesus. She invited him in. That's where most of us are at. We're Christians. We want our children to learn about Jesus, but we get so busy with all the good things that she forgot to sit at Jesus' feet. So very practically speaking, the very first thing you have to do is examine your life for where are you getting time with the word, And how much time are you spending praying? And, you know, if you don't have a time set aside for that every day, and if this changes, there's no, I'm I'm not, you know, saying morally speaking, you know, you have to do it first thing in the morning. When my kids were little, I used to wake up at whatever time they got up. Like if they were up at 545, jumping on my bed, that's what time I got up. I know there's a lot of women who set their alarms an hour early and God bless you. But my time was after I put my kids to bed in the evening. And then Mm. I had quiet time. So, you know, whatever works for you in your season, maybe it's at nap time, maybe it's at lunchtime when they sit down and they're looking at books, then you have your time to just have that 15, 20 minutes with the Lord. Um, That those little tiny bits daily is really building your soul up. You're really getting to know God. You're getting to know his promises. You're being fed so that you can feed your children, so that you can, 
you know, pour out into them and you can have, you can realign your attitudes with God. Mm -hmm. So I would say start there. Okay. So if somebody um, sets aside some time and honestly, just start start small sometimes like start with five minutes and then move to 10 and then move to 15 but if they start a lot of times people don't know what to do so when you talk about quiet time what you're what you're talking about is really just having a conversation with god having a conversation with jesus um you're just sitting and praying, sometimes you might write those prayers out. Sometimes you might speak those prayers out, right? Mm-hmm. And then w- what recommendations do you have for somebody who maybe they have a Bible, but they don't even know where to start? Yeah. In 2020, I started, actually, Nancy DeMoss Waldegamuth is the one who got me started prayer journaling mm-hmm. through my Bible. Um, I had never done that before, and it has turned out to be a phenomenal experience for me, I started in the book of Psalms during 2020. That's like, I just need to cry out to God. So, you know, Psalm 1, I took Psalm 1 and I would read Psalm 1. I would read a verse or two and then I would write a prayer. And sometimes it was a prayer of confession, like, Lord, I have not done this. I can see I haven't done it. And sometimes it was a prayer of admiration, like, God, you are amazing. And sometimes, you know, I was I was praying, like, help me, Lord, help me to be this person and do this. Um, going through the scriptures very slowly, meditating, just thinking about what the scriptures say, say, and then praying over them, that has been super helpful to me. I think the Psalms are a good place to start, or Proverbs. Proverbs are more like rules, and a lot of people find that very helpful. You don't see a lot of Jesus in the Proverbs. So, you know, the New Testament is also a great place to start. My colleague and friend at uh, Time of Grace Ministries, he always says the best place to start is with a friend. Because if you don't understand, then to have a friend going through something with you. So if you both start in the book of Matthew, Mm -hmm. and you say, I'm going to read one chapter a day, and you're texting back and forth, like, Okay, I just I just read this gene- genealogy and it didn't mean anything to me. Did you get out anything out of it? And your friend can be like, "Well, you know, God is showing that he was faithful to through through the generations to bring the promised Messiah to his people." So, you know, sometimes you just need to be texting someone and not only gives you some understanding that you might not have, but it's also accountability. Oh, that is so true. That's a great idea that I love that um, the best place to start is with a friend. Uh, And I go back to, you said, you know, in the New Testament, that's where Jesus is. Any of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those are, I like to call them the biographies of Jesus. And so then Jesus, what he does is, you know, when you read those, you learn about the life that he lived and ultimately he's our role model. So it's like, Oh, I see how Jesus handled that. Maybe I need to handle it that way. And And talk about soul care. I mean, he had the, the perfect, he didn't get messed up in the things of the world. Like he always had that eternal perspective that we're looking for. And, you know, as you know, Jesus was all over the old Testament too, as the angel of the Lord, he's there it's just harder to see. And I wouldn't necessarily recommend starting there. Mm -mm. (laughs) I would agree. 
I would agree. That can be overwhelming for yeah. sure. Um, so I want to go back to something that you said, though, just a moment ago. You said you started in the Psalms and you would just read a verse or two and pray about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So right there, you just simplified things. Because I think that what happens is it's like, okay, I need to read a chapter a day, right? And then it's it becomes like a to-do list instead of this living, breathing uh, relationship with God. And a verse or two can be really powerful uh, when you look at it and go, am I walking this out? Am I living this out? How does this speak to me? Lord, how do you want it to speak to me? And it's just, it's slow, but it is deep. Agreed. And like I said, this was the first, I used to read my Bible front to back. When I got to Revelation, I went back to Genesis. And I did that for years and years and years and years and years, honestly, till 2020. And uh, this was the first time that I slowed down with a journal, wrote, prayed, and the, the really neat thing is that when you pray over these verses, you are praying things you have never prayed before mm-hmm. because God takes you to places and different subjects that aren't things that are typically on my mind. Mm-hmm. But when I read his word and then I go, wait, hold on. Okay, now I'm praying this way and I'm praying for this. And it's prayers that I've never prayed. And if I have never prayed them, you know... <laughs> This is opening me up to the mind and heart of God that I've never known before. Yes. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. All right. So spending time with God. And, you know, let's before we leave that, here's the other thing that I want to say is, you know, there's value in having somebody once explained it to me, snacks and meals with God. Mm. So you're talking about, hey, let's sit down and have a meal together, right? That would be like your 15 minutes or you're opening God's word and you're you're talking with him. But there's also value in snacks. And Absolutely. and as you know, oftentimes I think that um, you know, just the concept of practicing the presence of God, recognizing he's always there. And uh even this morning, so our grandkids are visiting or not visiting, our, uh, we're caring for our grandkids right now, and uh, their parents are out of town. So I was uh, driving our granddaughter to school today, and um, uh, and sh- as she and I drove to school, we prayed, and uh, we just, it was like we were having a conversation, but God was in the car with us, and so mm-hmm. we prayed, and then after I dropped her off, I just began to talk to the Lord about my day. And so it doesn't, it's not like, you know, I think when we're small, we often, you know, we're told, okay, you got to sit down, fold your hands, close your eyes. Yes, those kind of meals are really important, but it's also valuable to recognize you can talk to God anytime. Yeah. And also uh, what we're doing right now, podcasts, Christian music, uh, Christian radio changed my parenting because this was back before podcasts were a thing. So Mm -hmm. when my oldest was two, so 21 years ago, I stumbled upon the Christian radio station in town. It was very innocently just a few numbers off from the, the, um, oh, classic Mm -hmm. music. You know, I used to listen to classical music because, you know, Mozart, baby Mozart, you're supposed to make your kids really smart, right? (laughs) So 
I was, and for whatever, I mean, it was God, it was the Holy Spirit that had me just that dial just moved. And the first person I heard, it was focus on the family was on. And Dr. Dobson was interviewing Julianne Barnhill. She's going to blow was her Mm -hmm. book. And I had a two-year-old who was up all day, sleeping all night, and a newborn who was up all night, sleeping all day. And I sat in just sobbed through that whole program because I thought I'm going to lose it. I am going to lose my mind. She's speaking my language. And I didn't turn the Christian radio station off from that day forward. I I remember at first thinking, oh, I don't like this music at all, but I didn't want to miss all the programs that were in between. So I couldn't turn it off. And my, my children grew up with Christian worship music and Christian programs. And so it's not You know, these podcasts and this worship music is not time in the word, but it is, man, a fresh glass of iced tea Mm -hmm. or lemonade, or it's that snack that gets you through, or it's another Christian saying, this is what worked for me, and this is how I know God is still in this with you. So, yes, absolutely. I can't say enough that those to this day, I was just telling my daughter yesterday, we were in the car driving and she was saying she's an orchestra. And she said, whatever song they quit playing is the song that goes through her head all day long. And I said, you know, it's funny about that. I found when I was driving to work, I was commuting an hour to work. In the last 10 minutes, even if I had been listening to a podcast or whatever, I put on worship music because if I played a song or two, those last 10 minutes to work, those songs played in my mind all day long. Whatever I shut off my car, I, I'd still at noon, I would be singing that song. And so we were saying just, you know, what you put in tends yes. to go through your mind all day long. So, of course, get those Christian podcasts and get that worship music on. Those things are going to keep you afloat, too. Yes, yes. Well, garbage in, garbage out, you know? And so when we put the good stuff in, it is, it's taking care of our soul. Because even today, you and I, I mean, we're talking about God's truth. We are, you know, we're talking about uh, Jesus and the way that he operated. And so it is, it is soul care. Um, So let's talk about one other practical way that uh, we can care for our souls. What else do you have? Yeah, I think we really struggle with comparison. Um, I love that your podcast is no more perfect. I just, I love that from the minute I saw that, I went, yep. Uh, social media is devastating to women. Uh, I think it's devastating to women of all ages. We parent and we look at what other people are doing. Oh, look at they're on vacation. Hmm, we mm-hmm. can't afford a vacation this year. Oh, look at her house. She's got it all decorated for fall. Huh. I can barely keep my laundry done. Oh, you know, I mean, it's it's this constant comparison, right? And the more we compare, we get stuck. I have a dear, dear friend who taught me that um, our brain can get stuck in these pathways. Yeah. So when you're when you're comparing constantly, when you're looking at social media, and you are constantly saying, "Oh, I don't have that. We haven't done this," you are feeling grumpy. All you start seeing is the things you don't have and the things you aren't doing. The opposite is also true. If you wake up today and you are like, God has given me these phenomenal Christian children. Wow, I am blessed. 
if you have a roof over your head and you say, thank you, God, I did not wake up in the elements today. If you're running water and saying, I have clean water to drink, God, you are amazing. If your husband comes in, even if he has, you know, kept you awake because of snoring, you can be saying, God, thank you for giving me this man to help me raise my children who is doing these phenomenal things for our family. And then your brain starts those pathways. Yeah. So when we get stuck in comparison, I think, uh, I th- and it's so easy to, Jill, you know this, it's so easy to do. And yeah. yet we have to, as Christians, to care for our souls. We need to get rid of that and say, God, you have given me everything I need. If I needed to be there on that vacation, you mm-hmm. would have put me on that cruise ship. Mm-hmm. You have given me everything I need today. So I am walking with you and I am thrilled and I'm grateful. Yes. And that's what I'm hearing there is really part of soul care is increasing our contentment and increasing our gratefulness. Oh, so much. Yeah, that really takes care of our soul because you're right. Uh, comparison robs us of so much. And, you know, one of the things I say in my, like all my No More Perfect books, um, which is why the podcast is named No More Perfect Podcast, but um, is that our tendency is to compare our insides to other people's outsides. And when we do that, we come up with wrong conclusions and it robs us of that contentment. And then that shrivels our soul up. And what are we really saying? We're really saying when we're grumbling, God, you haven't given me enough. That's mm-hmm. really what we're saying. You haven't treated me as that person. You know, and one of the things I love to think about is uh, Jesus reinstating Peter. You know, when they're walking along the shore And Jesus has just said, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And he's telling Peter, Peter, when you're old, you're going to go, you're going to be led where you don't want to go. And Peter turns around and he's like, well, what about him? You know, what about John? And Jesus is like, no, you know, it doesn't matter if he is alive until I come back again. That's not your concern. And just knowing that we each have our own race to run, right? In Hebrews, we're told to run our race. Mm-hmm. We all have our own race to run. Instead of comparing your life, instead of getting stuck in that, and it's so easy to do, you can so quickly change your attitude into one of worship by being grateful and yeah. saying, Lord, I'm I'm happy with what you've given me. If I'm in an apartment with five kids and you've provided for me, I'm thrilled. And if I'm on 40 acres in a sprawling ranch home with two kids, I'm thrilled. And I want to use whatever you have given me to bring you glory and honor. End of story. And you are good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, so very, very important. Oh, this is such a good conversation. I think we could talk all day. (laughs) Thank you, Amber. (laughs) So uh, the name of the book is Soul Care, Nurturing Your Spiritual Wellness. We will make sure that we put a link to that in the show notes. Um, But Amber, where's the best place for people to connect with you online? Yeah, so I am at amberlbswenson.org. And also I work with Time of Grace Ministries, and that's timeofgrace.org. 
Okay, we'll make sure that we put a link to both of those websites in the show notes as well. Amber, would you be willing to pray for our listeners? I would love to. Heavenly Father, uh, raising children in this generation is hard, but we know that it's always been hard. As I look back at Noah, as I look at Lot, as I look at Abraham and and Rachel and Leah, and every time I'm in your word, I think, oh Lord, this has never been easy. Mm-hmm. So give us the courage and give us the strength and give us the capacity to raise our children well and to live well. Not all of us are raising children. Some of us are widows. Some of us are in a much different season of life. Some people are single. Meet us where we are, Lord, and help us to rid our lives of the distractions that keep us from you. Help us, Lord, to prioritize you and your word and your ways, and help us to find those people who can keep us accountable and lead us back to you, especially when we're in the depths and we're not quite sure where to go. Thank you for being our almighty God who has proven himself faithful a million times before. Don't let us lose sight of that, Lord, but keep that ever present in our hearts and in our minds. And for that, we give you praise and we honor and we glorify you in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org slash podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing, we have three free ebooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. See you next week where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships.